probably knew or had a good idea that, that Will Howard was going to be the starter going into the 2023 season. What was your mentality last offseason? Initially, it was come here, you know, get stronger, put on weight, uh, the physical part of it, and then mentally grow, um, learn about coverages, the offense, um, defenses, stuff like that, and just how maybe a defensive mind operates, how an offensive mind operates, and just be a sponge to Will as much as possible. It's no secret that, that you were potentially the biggest or most impactful recruit in the history of K-State. You've had a year under your belt. You've worked with Coach True for a year. You've been in the program for a year. How different does it feel now to, to enter this next year, uh, your sophomore year, knowing that you are the guy? It's completely different because K-State family, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cats Talk, hosted by Wildcat NIL. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Be sure to like, comment, or subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Please also follow us on social media. Your support makes it so we can continue to put out these podcast episodes. If you're looking for more information on NIL, please visit www.catsnil.com. Thanks for your support and go Cats. Happy to announce our next guest here on Cats Talk by Wildcat and I.O., none other than Avery Johnson, prodigy here at Kansas State University. Avery, we're really excited to have you here today, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So obviously, you know, it's no secret that, that you were potentially the biggest or most impactful recruit in the history of K-State. Tell us, what was it, you know, from your perspective, what, what drew you to K-State? What led you to ultimately making the decision to come here? I mean, first and foremost, it's really close to home. And I feel like Kansas doesn't get a lot of respect for football. Um, we kind of get overlooked. You can see in the past few years, like how um, impactful maybe if we get a in-state guy here or there might be. And just kind of getting up here on campus, you know, it's really family orientated. Uh, the coaches care about you. Strength staff cares about you. Everybody else in between um, and academics, like whatever it might be, training staff, they all, they all treat you like family. And... I feel like whenever I did make my decision, my parents could send me up here and not have to worry about me because they knew um, if I ever needed anything, the people up here would have my back 100%. So. And, and your parents actually ended up moving up here as well, right? Right. So what's it been like to have them here? I mean, having them close. I know your dad loves to cook. I know your parents host you, know, you and your teammates a lot. What's it like having them close nearby? It's great because, you know, um, I still get those home-cooked meals. Like my, my dad and mom make food for me and my roommates all the time. They come over a few times a week just to um, make sure that we're well fed. And uh, they do a great job of still letting me, you know, live out my college experience and live it out my own way um, and kind of staying out of it. But if I ever do need anything, they're a 10 minute drive away. Um, I can go over there and hang out at their house and talk to them whenever I want. And they can come in and they just they really just move down here to make my life easier um, and take all the outside noise away and just let me go, you know, train and play football. Absolutely. So backtracking a little bit, um, your recruiting process, I mean, obviously, you know, you started playing at Mays High School at, at you know, very early on and, and became um, a, a very prominent 
athlete in the, in the Kansas high school ranks. When, when was it that you understood or thought, man, I, I, this thing really has a chance to blow up. I really have a chance, you know, to, to basically write my ticket. When did that become apparent to you? Um, I feel like it was always engraved in my head and in the back of my head, I always knew I could be something special. And it was just because, um, the confidence that my dad instilled with me since I was a little kid. Um, he always preached it and he, and he preached that confidence is key and you have to do, do everything with confidence. Um, but it really wasn't until I had picked up my first offer um, after my sophomore year. And it, it was a great experience because, like, you're just waiting. And once you get that first one, it kind of gets the ball rolling and, and things just start happening. And um, it, it went by really fast. Uh, I went to and saw as many places as possible. My parents spent a lot of money so I could travel and, and see all these places because we knew how important this decision was going to be. And we wanted to make sure that we were 100% um, sure whenever we did make the decision and I mean at the end of the day we're, we're really happy with the one that we, we ended up making. So yeah, obviously you were a three-sport athlete you know you excelled at football quite quite clearly basketball and baseball as well how how did you juggle excelling in, in those three sports and also in academics when you've got Oregon and Washington and Notre Dame and all these big-time programs and, and the Elite 11 all this stuff going on externally how are you able to focus on you know focusing on academics and also on excelling in those other sports? It was, it was hard at first because, I mean, it even got to the point where I wanted to stop playing baseball. I loved basketball. Like, basketball is still I – I, I might put basketball up there with football with how much I just love to just be on the court um, and play that. But it was hard because no matter what I did, I always wanted to be the best at what I did. So it was hard for me to just put down a football and pick up a basketball and just and just go into basketball season because I knew in basketball season I still had to work on football because I knew I wanted to be a college quarterback. In baseball season I still had to uh, pick up a football because I knew I wanted to be a college quarterback. So whenever I got to basketball and baseball season, um, I kind of just played those as I went, as the seasons kind of passed and came around. But ultimately at the end of the day, uh, football had just become a year-round thing for me, and I eventually knew that that's what I wanted to do at the next level. So I just put a little bit more time and effort into that one. Obviously, we, we've talked about how, you know, your recruiting process and, and you making the decision to come to K-State. You enrolled last spring, last January, and, and probably knew or had a good idea that, that Will Howard was going to be the starter going into the 2023 season. What was your mentality last offseason, you know, going through spring ball, winter workouts, into the summer and into fall camp? Initially, it was come here, you know, get stronger, put on weight, uh, the physical part of it. And then mentally grow, um, learn about coverages, the offense, um, defenses, stuff like that. And just how maybe a defensive mind operates, how an offensive mind operates. And just be a sponge to Will as much as possible because um, I knew he's been successful in this league for um, quite some time. Um, it was just asking him whatever questions I might want to know. And Will did a really good job of breaking things down to me um, in a way that I understood, in a way that I could pick up. And then at that point, it was just competing every day at practice. Um, Will pushing me to get better, me pushing Will to get better, and then ultimately just, just being there if the, if the team needed me in, in whatever way that they might need me as the season kind of rolled along. That's great, and, and I think a lot was made of the dynamic between you and Will and, and your relationship. I mean, it seemed like you know, one of you, whichever one of you was on the field, the other one was always right there to greet the, the other guy when he came off the field. What was your relationship like with Will, both on and off the field? It's just kind of how our culture here is, is at K-State. Um, you can go other places and say one guy might get the nod one week. The other guy's not going to be coaching him up on the sideline. Like whenever I had my big game against Texas Tech, 
Will's coaching me up on the sideline. He's asking if I need anything. Do I need to, does he need to look for anything for me? And, and just things like that, that a veteran, you especially wouldn't get from a veteran quarterback from a freshman coming in. I don't really think people understand the, the type of, like how good of a guy he was and how his character was just always on display. And um, you can definitely tell in the locker room, like the whole locker room had his respect. And I noticed that from the day I came in and it's just by the way, um, he went about things and how he carried himself. Obviously, you know, you come in and, and I think from, from all account, by all accounts, you had a great off season and, and, and going into the season, despite knowing that Will was the guy, fans were still excited to see Avery Johnson. And, and we got to see quite a bit of you in the home opener last, last fall. How did it feel to, to get your first collegiate snaps under your belt and to score your first touchdown in the home opener? It, it was a great experience, and I feel like it was it was really surreal because when I run out on the field, some people had already left. It wasn't a full stadium like whenever uh, we kicked off, but the crowd just erupted. Kind of had like sent chills through my spine, and I was like, wow, like this is for real. Everything I'd worked for, um, everything I came about, everything that I had dreamed of was just like, it was right here. There was a run play. It was my first play, and then when I had got that first completion under my belt, um, and then we were driving down the field a little bit, and I, I connect with Trace Spivey. And then I, I finished that drive off um, at the quarter. It ended up finished the drive off at the under end with just a, a touchdown run. And it was weird because how the play was set up, I got a pool read, but they added another blitzer off the edge. And it was just, um, at that point, just kind of dancing, making a guy miss, and then just walking into the end zone. So I wish I could experience that moment again because it was just such a surreal moment. But credit to, to Will because he helped me get prepared for that moment and, and the coaches and everybody because um, they had a lot of trust in me and then knew I was going to be ready when my number was called. I think all of us remember that moment well um, because it was an exciting, you know, it was an exciting moment for K-State fans. I think it was a culmination of, you know, the recruiting process into that moment. How I think fans, you know, in the sample size that we got with you last fall, were always incredibly impressed, and I and I can say the same for myself with just your your poise in any given situation. And I think your first drive really embodies that. You know, you, you come in to a, to an erupted crowd, you drive the team down the field, you make some great throws, you make some good runs, and then on the touchdown, you know, you you you've got an edge defender who's right there to make a play on you, and you're patient, you make him miss, and then you go score. And I think we saw that throughout the year, you know, at Mizzou in a, in a tough environment, obviously at Texas Tech and so many other times. What do you attribute your, your poise, that, that quiet confidence about you? Where does that come from? It's really just like kind of what I touched on earlier. Like my dad has pushed this confidence thing in me since I've been a little kid. And he's like always told me like, you're the best quarterback to ever play this game. And that's the way you have to think when, whenever you do play football, because if I don't think I'm the best and I don't think that I can go out and, and do whatever or make whatever play is, is put in front of me, then ultimately I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm, I'm not believing in myself. I've always prided myself on just being emotionally mature and being able to go out there and, and not let the outside noise get to me. And I've never really cared what other people have thought of me. Um, and not let all the all the other stuff get to me and just go out there and play football because it's it's a faster game. Guys are bigger, faster, stronger, but it's the game I've been playing since I was in first grade. So you go through the season and obviously, you know, most of the year you served as the backup. We got to see you score five touchdowns against Texas Tech. Uh, you threw your first touchdown against TCU. A lot of big moments with Avery Johnson in 2023. And then after the season, Will Howard enters the portal and, and you become the guy. You become the face of the program going into the bull, you know, into bull prep. What was it like to transition from the guy who was, you know, still serving in a backup role to I'm the guy now. 
I'm, I'm leading this football team, I'm leading this office. What was that transition like? And, and then secondly, how did your mentality shift going into bull prep, knowing that, that I'm leading this football team? It was different at first because you lose guys in the locker room. Like it wasn't just Will who we had lost. Like we had lost to Kobe Savage. Um, we lost a lot of guys that were in those big leadership roles. So first off, we just had shoes to fill. Um, we had to bring the locker room together, get our chemistry together and, and know that um, we can make it happen with everybody we saw in this locker room. And I feel like once we got that kind of instilled in everybody's brains, um, at that point, it was just preparing. Um, it was just another week. We had an extended preparation time. But as far as I attacked the week, um, it wasn't any different than I had attacked the weeks before because I just knew that, you know, I didn't play three weeks prior to the um, bowl game. But if, if I was to get thrown in the game, I would want to be able to put my best foot forward. So um, it didn't matter if I was the starter or the backup going into the week. I wanted to prepare like the starter because if my, my number was to be called, I wanted my guys to be able to trust me and, and me be able to give uh, my all for them. Flashback a year from now, you're an 18-year-old kid or maybe even 17, fresh out of high school, you're coming in and, and it's a new environment and, and you know there's a lot of unknowns. Fast, fast forward to right now, um, you know, you've, you've, had a, you've had a year under your belt, you've worked with Coach True for a year, you've been in the program for a year. How different does it feel now to, to enter this next year, uh, your sophomore year, knowing that you are the guy? It's completely different because when I came in, I was looking up to older guys and I was, um, you know, trying to still trying to find the reins and, and seeing, you know, how do we do this? How do we do that? Now there's guys with eyes, their eyes on me. And how do I be a leader um, on and off the field? And how do I bring the best out of everybody else around me and hold myself accountable and hold everybody else around me accountable? Because ultimately, um, when September rolls around, when that time rolls around, we want to be ready. Um, and everything that we do now in the spring or in the winter, in the spring, um, in the fall, that's going to win us football games um, whenever, whenever the season rolls around. So we just have to keep preparing, keep training, um, and, and just not lose focus because it's, one, it's a one-week season and just take it one week at a time. You, know, you talked about some of the guys that you lost with Will and Kobe. You also lost your quarterback's coach um, you know, at the, after the end of the regular season, and, and, and we've just hired his replacement in Coach Wells. How has your short time working with Coach Wells been? Really good. Um, I've got a chance to, I, I talked to him before on FaceTime, before I had got back down to Manhattan um, when the break ended. I sat and talked to, to him in his office um, a few times, and I think he has a really good plan for us. How he, how he goes about his work, how he attacks his work, and just, just being able to have like simple conversations with him. He's, he said he's like, he's, his, his office door is always open if we need to go in there. Um, just little things like that, that you know, they might not offer at some places, but just being able to have a head coach at a coordinator spot um, is, is not something that you come across very often. How encouraging or how exciting was it for you to know that he was he played a key role in developing Jordan Love, who really burst onto the NFL scene this year? I mean, is that something that excited you? For sure. And I mean, you see um, kind of the things Jordan Love did in his last 10 games of the season. Um, he had played just as well as about any other quarterback um, in the NFL. So just being able to know he's been around guys, he's coached guys, he knows how to develop quarterbacks. Uh, he played quarterback, so he, he, he knows the position fir and, and firsthand and, and just stuff like that. It just um, definitely makes, makes me feel a lot better. What are some of your goals this offseason, both, both personally and for the team? For sure, just putting on this weight and being able to be, be able to physically go throughout a whole season. Uh, I played in over half the games last year, but I didn't play full. I only played one full game. So just being able to get my body prepared so that where I can last, a whole 13, 14, 15 game season, however long it might be. 
and just being able to get prepared mentally for for what the season holds and, and get every bring everybody else up or around me and and just get ready to go uh obviously we want to win every game just go out there and, and perform but I, like i said earlier it's a one-week season the only team we're focused on right now is, is ut martin and, and before that the only team we're focused on is our defense and, and spring and spring ball so you mentioned your weight and get, getting your weight up i know a lot, there's been a lot discussed about that um because you came in as a pretty lean guy where where are you now in terms of weight and i guess what is your desired playing weight uh, so right now i'm like one 185 and this is like going into fall camp last year I was probably around 195 uh, when I came here in the, the spring of the freshman year I was about 170 175 this is the perfect ideal time to put on weight I want to get to around 195 200 by by spring ball and then be able to maintain that weight get a little bit above 200 and then try to stay play above 200 um, and stay above that line as the season goes on and then look to make another jump um, going into my junior year. Now jumping into some some more lighthearted questions, um, describe your relationship with Jace Brown. Obviously, you know the two of you came in. I believe you started rooming together last right when you got on campus. Um, seems like you guys developed the rapport very quickly, and then we saw a lot of that last season, um, and, and obviously in the bowl game. So just describe your relationship with Jace, both on and off the field. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've seen little flashes on the field of what we can do, and it's just, he was that guy I would always go grab whenever I wanted to throw some extra routes after practice, or if we wanted to just go up and just play catch at, in, the, in the indoor um, in the spring, just get some extra work in. He was always that guy I could count on and lean to, and ultimately, that's why I was so comfortable and I could trust him uh, when the game was on the line or if we needed a big play, just because of that chemistry we have off the field. And when we had first got here, it took Jace a little bit to get out of his shell, and then you kind of see like snow, he sees snowfall for the first time and he's got his tongue out, like trying to catch snowflakes on his tongue. And then as we kind of progress into it, like he moves, he moves into our apartment in Jardine um, out of his. And then after the spring semester is over and the summer hits, like we grab Wesley Fair and Chidi Obiizer and we go move into a house. Um, and like, we've never looked back before that. Like he's one of those guys that is, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be friends with for probably the rest of my life just because of, of how well we, we get along. That's, that's awesome. And obviously, I think K-State fans all look forward to the future with you guys leading the offense. Okay, a couple quick hitters. What's your favorite restaurant in Manhattan? <laughs> my favorite restaurant? You can restaurant? name a couple if you can't just name one. Wingstop. Wingstop. So I like Wingstop if we're talking fast food. Okay. If we're talking about, it would probably be So Long Saloon. Okay. Because they what have a, that like blueberry cheese dip or something. Yeah, the something raspberry, weird, bean, raspberry dip. bean dip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like that raspberry bean dip a lot. And they're like, they're, I like their fries and their burgers. So if I had to pick a, a restaurant, it would be there. If we're talking like fast food, I know they have Wingstop pretty much everywhere, but that's my go-to fast food spot. How do Wingstop and So Long Saloon compare to Mark or Hope's Kitchen? Mark or Hope's Home Cooking? Uh, they don't. They don't, okay. They don't. Okay, uh, you know, K-State fans are on, on socials have a, have a way about trying to create nicknames for guys and it's been no different with you. What's your favorite or your preferred nickname? I've always been a fan of Sunshine. I've been getting called Sunshine since I was in first grade. And even when I was playing in Little League, like I was out there running around. People, everybody on the other teams thought I was a girl. And that was like until I had even made it into in middle school. And, and um, I was always known as the, 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 fast, the fast quarterback always running around. So um, I'm a fan of Sunshine. And that's kind of just stuck with me for a while. You know, a lot. Obviously, I think the probably the favorite. I guess the most impactful moment of the month of December was, you know, when with everything going on, 
K-State football social media drops a video announcing your number change from number five to number two. I know number two was your was your number in high school, but it, I guess is that the reason why you changed from number five to number two, or I guess what was the reason for that? Yeah, I had no idea it was going to happen that quick, and two is just something I've worn my whole life, and it was really just because growing up I was watching my brother play football. He always wore two, and it just kind of, I don't know how I came about it, but um, that was kind of the reason why, just because, you know, I always looked up to my brother, and he's somebody I still look up to today, so just being able to you know, where that for him was, was one of the reasons why I chose it. And then I just kind of stuck with it as I went on. If you weren't playing football, what, what would you be doing right now? Be playing basketball. Okay. Okay. And if you weren't playing basketball, you'd probably be playing baseball? No. No, not baseball. baseball? No. Okay. Okay. Your sister played softball at Wichita yeah, State though, right? Okay. Baseball is a little bit too slow for me. Okay. Okay. I respect that. Who's the best athlete in the Johnson family? Uh, you don't have to be me. You don't have to be humble. Okay, okay. I just had to ask because I know my 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 siblings are going to watch this, and I'm not giving them any of the benefit of the doubt. I, I appreciate that. The only person I'm giving a knock to is my mom. Okay, okay. Who are some young guys on the football team that K State fans should be excited about going into this into this 2024 season? Like freshmen? Yeah, young guys, freshmen who or, who we either haven't seen or even young guys who maybe didn't get a lot of playing time last year. So as far as the freshmen go, we haven't done anything other than lift and condition. So um, for a week, and I, we're not even in the same lifting groups. Um, so I couldn't tell you as far as the freshmen. I'll probably know have a better understanding um, after spring ball. But as far as my class goes, and my roommate Cheedy Obiizer, um, defense end, he's a he's he's looking to have a really big year. I'm trying to think, Asa Newsom, he played a, he had significant snaps last year, but ended up getting injured, um, so we didn't get to see as much of him as we would like. But I feel like really we have a lot of other guys, and a lot of people aren't coming to my mind right now. But is, we have a Trace, lot of talent. A lot, Trace Spivey. Trace Spivey is he a guy people should be excited about? Yeah, guys need to be excited about Trey just because of how athletic and how um, long he is, and just how able he is to just or how good he is at being able to just go get a football. He's a really talented receiver, and his biggest thing this off season is getting in the playbook and knowing the playbook like the back of his hand. When he gets that figured out, he can be he can be really scary. All right, last of the lighthearted questions. Um, I guess, and this one isn't so lighthearted. When you leave K-State, whenever that time comes, how do you want to be remembered uh, amongst the K-State family? Really just more than, than a football player. Um, I want to be known as you know somebody that uh, was a better person than he was a football player. And I feel like it can kind of get lost. Like when you do good on the football field, um, that's all people might know you for. But just like whenever I have an interaction with fans or just out in the public, even if they're not fans, just like people in general, just being able to um, just be respectful and give respect to everybody because you never know who you might be talking to or what type of day they might have had. So I just want people to, to know me that, as more than a football player and, and just, you know, a respectful young kid that, that plays football as well. Now, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking on the, on Cat's Talk, which is hosted by Wildcat NIL. So NIL is obviously a, a, you know, a, a purpose behind this discussion. Um, as a college athlete, as a prominent college athlete, can you explain to, to K-State fans how NIL factors into the, the college athlete experience? Yeah, I feel like NIL plays a huge role in, in college sports nowadays. And I feel like not a lot of people know about it just because of how new it is, but okay, you're a good football player, 
people think it's like you're a good football player so we're going to give you this amount of money and that's not how it is at all um we have guys that are from all over the united states maybe him getting an nil deal is him being able to pay for his parents plane ticket to come to a game each week or him getting a plane ticket is if he has a family crisis he can fly home and fly back and not have to worry about oh is he going to eat tonight and stuff like that and I feel like the biggest thing at K-State is just being able to, you know, get something that is going to get, be beneficial for everybody on the team and not have guys where he's making this and, and he's not making anything and just being able to, to, to put something together to where, you know, everybody can benefit from NIL and not just a couple players here and there or, or people that might be known more than other people. A lot has been made or discussed about how NIL may impact locker rooms um, because, like you said, some guys are getting more than others or some guys aren't getting anything at all. From your perspective, how do players manage NIL within this locker room at K-State? I don't think NIL is really ever talked about in the locker room, and I think it's more of, I don't know if it's a respect thing or, or just the fact to where maybe people don't think that it's anybody else's business but their own. And if, you, if you're running around telling people how much money you're making, then somebody could look at you and be like, well, why is he making that and I'm not? I'm going to go somewhere else and, and try to make the same exact thing. So I definitely think it can, it can divide a locker room to an extent. But I mean, like anywhere you go, as you, as you go into the real world, you're not going to be making the same amount of money as the person to your right and your left. So um, there's definitely things in, in there that you might not know about. But I definitely think that if handled the wrong way, um, it can definitely tear apart a locker room. Well, Avery, we appreciate you coming on today. We know you're busy uh, with classes and in, in the semester just starting up and workouts and, and everything else. And, and obviously we look forward to you and, your, and, and the success that you're going to have in the 2024 season. But again, just really appreciate you being on here today uh, for this episode of Cats Talk hosted by Wildcat NIL. Thank you. K-State family, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Cats Talk, hosted by Wildcat NIL. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe, or even leave a five-star review. And please follow us on social media. Your support makes it so that these conversations are possible. If you're looking for more information on NIL, please visit www.catsnil.com. Thanks for your support, and go Cats!